You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am not Ryan Dengle. My name is Logan Bradley, and I am joined by just one other teammate tonight in Jack Wright. Jack, how are you doing? I'm a little under the weather, as you can probably hear in my voice, but overall, I'm doing pretty, pretty well. I'm excited for football, man. Excited. Flu game. Oh my God. I am so excited. I didn't like realize how quickly I would forget about baseball and just jump immediately into football mode. It's easier for us with our white socks. It's easy to want to forget them. I, I swear I, one of these days, even though this is a bear, bears podcast, I want to just do one dedicated to me just screaming into the void about the white socks. I think you could probably join me there. It would be cathartic. It would, it would. Well, we wish we were joined by our teammates today, but Alas, we are not, but we have Brendan Chagru. You can find him at Brendan Chagru. We are also missing Patrick Sheldon. You can find him at P underscore shells. And then, of course, our host, Ryan Dangle, who you can find at Ryan Dangle. And as always, I'm joined today by my co-host, Jack Wright. You can find him at Bear Down Jack. Are you thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area? There is one person and one person only, Jeff Cadwallader with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers, using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more, or you can visit GenevaJeff.com or call text 630 254 Four seven three four. Logan, did you listen? Uh, the, the guys had Will on from Sheridan's the other night. That was yes, dope. yes. That was cool. He's such a good dude. He is. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for sixty-eight years. With five barbers, check that six barbers, and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Jack, we're here today to talk a little bit about some regular season Bears football. We're going to preview the San Francisco 49ers versus Chicago Bears game this weekend. What we're also going to do is we're going to give you just a, you know, a smidge of some fantasy advice. Jack and I both had some drafts recently, as I'm sure many of you out there have as well. And then to end the show, we're going to do a little bit of betting talk. I don't know how many of you guys out there are big sports bettors, but I can tell you that that is a large part of my life. And Jack has dabbled as well. So, To kind of get into the game, we're just going to talk about some key players. We obviously know who the key players are on the Bears, but we're going to talk a little bit of 49ers as well. I think 
On the offensive side of the ball for the 49ers, the big weapons are, of course, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver. Brandon Ayuk, I think, is a guy who will go a little bit under the radar this year. He's He's been in that Kyle Shanahan doghouse at times. And I think this offseason, he's been praised a ton by Shanahan himself. So I think that he's alongside Debo Samuel, a big weapon to look out for. You have tight end George Kittle. Uh, there was news that came out today that he did indeed suffer a groin injury during Monday's practice. So he potentially could not be there for the 49ers. And then the other big piece of that 49ers offense will be left tackle Trent Williams, who is just an absolute hoss of a human being. Jack, when you look at that 49ers offense, you obviously see Trey Lance and we can get into him in a little bit, but who's the player that, that kind of you are interested to see how he performs on Sunday? You mentioned him. I think Ayuk, and I think I watched him especially closely last year because he was on my fantasy team and he was expected to have a great year, but didn't. He's got all the ability. He's fully capable. He's fast. He's a great route runner. And as you said, he seems to have fully ingratiated himself with the Shanahan offense. I think he's going to lead the team in receptions and total yards for the entire season. That's even with Debo on the roster. Interesting. That's, that's, that's quite, quite a prediction. Now the guy who's going to be throwing on the ball, which has been the topic of conversation this whole week is Trey Lance. Now I, I have some specific thoughts that sort of relate to Trey Lance, but don't really, you know, aren't exactly talking about his play. I think there's been a lot of shots this week from bears, Twitter talking about Trey Lance, and that's completely understandable. It's a very proud group. I think that there is, is a, is a defense to be made. Obviously that Justin Fields has a way higher ceiling than Trey Lance. But for me this week, I'm just interested to see how he plays. And it's, it's almost less about Trey Lance himself and more about Kyle Shanahan and what he is usually able to do in building his offenses around his quarterbacks. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think anybody out there is going to confuse him for some all pro quarterback, but I just think more than anything, I think it's less about what Trey Lance can do. And I think that he does have a high ceiling. I think it's more about Kyle Shanahan and how he's able to unlock things with his quarterback. So what do you kind of expect to see in terms of what Trey Lance does this weekend versus Justin Fields? If I had to choose between the two, I would choose Justin Fields. Now, admittedly, we don't analyze the quarterback play of the 49ers. We haven't looked at film of Trey Lance. So I don't want to be like the national guys, you know, who just make broad generalizations about quarterbacks. They haven't watched very closely. I just know when I've seen his throwing motion, it looks horrendous. It's super loopy and long. And I don't know. There are guys that can translate their game to the NFL because of their raw athleticism and ability. And maybe Trey Lance is that guy. Kyle Shanahan's no idiot clearly and he was a part of drafting Trey Lance. There's got to be an upside there. And there has to be, you know, the component, as you mentioned, of Shanahan being able to put Trey Lance in a position to be successful with weapons all around him. Figure out a way to get in Trey Lance's hands and then immediately into Debo's and immediately into Ayuk's. And then they just, they can run the ball as has been well documented. They can put about anybody in the backfield, hand on the ball and have a great running attack. 
It is so interesting how every year there's a different 49ers running back. And I, I know we'll get into fantasy talk in a little bit, but every year predicting who that 49ers running back is going to be for fantasy is absolutely impossible. I know it's Eli Mitchell right now, but really you could see just about anybody come out of that backfield. So I think there's probably going to be some broad sweeping generalizations about, you know, Trey Lance this weekend about Justin Fields. I think that matchup is very interesting. But now talking about a little bit about the 49ers defense, there's really two huge players who I'm interested to see this weekend. One is middle linebacker Fred Warner. He is the second highest paid linebacker in the entire NFL at just a shade over 19 million a year. He was an all pro in 2020. And I'm sure that he is going to be the guy that the the Bears and Justin Fields have their eye on. But the other guy who I would like to hear your thoughts on, who I think could be a bit of a nuisance this weekend is defensive end Nick Bosa. 15 and a half sacks last year. That was fourth in the NFL. He's going to be more than likely, I think, going up against Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. Do you think that the Bears have any chance of stopping him this weekend? Well, as has been well documented, if they help Braxton out a bit and make sure that Braxton's not on an island with Bosa, you you mentioned it. I mean, uh, Pro Football Focus had Bosa rated as the seventh best uh, edge pass rusher. Uh, he's maybe one of the best all around edge rushers. In the league, he's definitely in the team picture of the best in the league. I've seen talk of him potentially being in the discussion of defensive player of the year. He's that good. He is. He's he's a scary guy. And I was just like, I think this is just the dumb meatball football fan in me. But like, I was looking at pictures of him today. He's one of the biggest dudes that I've seen in the entire NFL. And that's just like, that's saying something because there are some specimens in that league. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous wrapping up this thing. Let's it's just us two. We don't know what the other guys are going to say, but interested to hear your prediction for this weekend, Jack, and then, uh, I'll give you mine. So a lot of it breaks down to some of what we've talked about. I think this game is going to be determined in the trenches. If you look at the bears offensive line, they're rated as low as 31st. You've seen them somewhere in the middle by ESPN, but let's just say they're somewhere in the bottom half. Meanwhile, the 49ers defensive line is ranked preseason sixth. So one of the worst offensive lines going against one of the best defensive lines, switch it over and you've got the 49ers offensive line somewhere in the middle, somewhere around 14th. And again, this is pro football focus. The bears defensive line uh, is ranked 31st. I'm very concerned about the Bears being able to stop the run. I think they're going to have a hard time in the middle. I'm not sure they've done enough to replace the likes of of Hicks and Goldman when he was at his best. We're relying on some guys that we're not real sure about. Jones, uh, Angela Waxon, um, Watts, you know, guys that we just picked up. So I, I'm not real sure. I've got oh, – and here's the other concern that I have. The um, – the Bears have never won a game on Bermuda grass. So um, that's that could be a problem. It's the first time they'll ever play in Bermuda grass at Soldier. I don't know if you saw that or not, Logan. I did. Were, I did. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to just see some do. type of new grass at Soldier That'd be Field, neat. though. That'd be neat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and fun fact, the Niners, they play on Bermuda. I think wow. that's going to be a key factor. 
I'm just kind of just being tongue, tongue in cheek. Um, <laughs> but uh, ultimately, uh, I've got uh, the 49ers winning uh, 28 to 17 over our beloved Bears. So you broke down, I think, the part about the Bears that concerns me the most that I don't think gets talked about a lot is just the defensive line and just the lack of like, I understand Robert Quinn is an all pro. He can definitely do damage. But I think when you're going against a talent depleted front seven, I think like the Chicago Bears have, I think that you're going to be have an easier time and being able to key in on those guys like Roquan Smith, like Robert Quinn. So we're going to need to see somebody to step up because in this league, I don't, I don't need to explain how important pass rush is, but especially against a young quarterback who's going to be on the road in Trey Lance. So I'm scared about that. I still, I, I saw enough from the offense, enough of a good game plan. Yes, it's preseason. So maybe I really don't know what to look out for, but I believe in Luke Getze, maybe more than I should at this point. I think the bears are able to keep this close. It's a seven point spread right now. The bears seven point underdog. So I'm going to go with roughly about a 24, 14 49ers win. So Maybe we're wrong. Maybe the Bears get the upset, but uh, I think we're both sort of on the same page there. I think it's worth mentioning that there's the Bears fan side of us, but like I, I know you do this too, Logan. When I do a, a baseball draft, I don't look for White Sox players specifically unless they're elite. I don't draft with my heart in fantasy football. So when we make our picks or we're going to do some wagers here in a minute, it's like, you know, kind of like the robot side of us. And then over here is the fan side of us. And we truly hope that we're wrong about those predictions. We always put that as a disclaimer, but we're doing what our head thinks here, not what our hearts want. Yeah, exactly. The last thing that I want to do is be on a podcast and just be kind of a meatball, even though like you got to have that part of you in your heart. Like you got to keep that and stay true to yourself a little bit. So, all right, heading into some fantasy stuff. So what we're going to do here, I'm going to give you guys two of my guys. These are guys who are definitely being drafted in fantasy leagues, but they're two guys who I really truly believe are going to be difference makers this year. And then what Jack's going to do is he's going to give you two sleeper candidates, guys who are going to be either drafted late in your drafts. If you're in a deeper league or they might be on the, the free agent wire waiver wire and so on. So first guy that I'm going to talk about is Atlanta Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts. I like, I don't know if anybody uh, got to see him play last year or just has seen him in general, but that guy is not a tight end. He is a wide receiver that you are able to put in your tight end slot. I know that the idea of trusting somebody with Marcus Mariota as their quarterback can be a little bit scary, but Mariota, I believe was actually the number one rated preseason quarterback by PFF. So if you can, at least get the ball to him at the intermediate level. And then I believe Mariota will, will at some point be able to stretch the field a little bit with Pitts. He's just such a mismatch. There's no linebacker in the league that is going to be able to cover this guy. So if you're able to get him in the second or third round, I, I, I truly believe that he's a guy who could maybe go for 11, 1200 yards and six touchdowns this year. Any injury concern with him from the past, like actual I, availability. I, I believe, generally speaking, that he has been 
pretty healthy throughout his career. Obviously he was a rookie last year. I, I don't know 100% about his past at Florida, but I think he's been a guy who is pretty available. I don't think he had any injuries last year, but as everybody out there knows, it's, it's a complete toss up when you talk about injuries and football in general. So as long as they don't have a complete checkered pass, like your Christian McCaffrey's of the world, I, I think you just kind of got to cross your fingers and pray. Jack, who is, uh, who is uh, your first sleeper? So I did an auction league last night and something that you might be able to do if you haven't drafted in your leagues is in the late rounds. If you can grab Brian Robinson, Jr., Washington running back, he's the dude that was drafted high this year and was sadly shot twice. And so lost his starting position because he's clearly not available. We, I was able to get him for a dollar real late and he is on track to be back. They think in November. So that's an opportunity to get a number one running back in in an auction league for a dollar, you know, and your other, you know, regular snake drafts, you might be able to get him, you know, uh, as uh, Mr. You know, uh, irrelevant at the end. Um, So I think a lot of people might be overlooking Brian Robinson jr, but I think he has a lot of possible upside and why not? I mean, usually you just waste that pick at the end, scrambling for somebody that's, possible viable running back cred there. Absolutely. And if you're in a keeper league to be able to potentially keep him next year, I forget whether Antonio Gibson, his rookie contract is up after this year might not be, but that's another guy who I know that everybody's been very down on him, but he he comes at such a discount now in drafts, Antonio Gibson, that if you get him, he's going to be the you know, 100% RB1 for at least the first couple of weeks until Robinson does come back. My second guy that I'm going to go with is a running back in New England, not named Damian Harris. That is Ramondre Stevenson. This is a guy who I drafted late last year. I dropped him. I was in a keeper league, which, which really made me mad because I wasn't able to keep him this year. But he has been praised by a guy named Bill Belichick, which if you're getting praised by Bill Belichick, that probably means that he trusts you and he He's going to use you. He catches passes very well. I just, I truly don't believe in Damien Harris. I just think that Ramondre Stevenson has this three down work workhorse skill set. And I I think he's a guy who's really going to be leaned on by the Patriots a lot. And he's a guy who you can get in the mid rounds. So Ramondre Stevenson, wait on Damien Harris, get Ramondre Stevenson a couple of rounds later and, uh, and thank yourself. Thank me. Thank me later, Jack. The only thing I would say about Damian Harris is that he's in a contract year and New England does have a tendency to use that contract year running back as a bell cow so that they can get higher trade value out of him. Now, I know they, they I don't know if it was a 50-50 split, but they did use both backs pretty regularly last year. And I agree with you on the athleticism of the second back, but I, I had a little bit of a, a lean towards the, the first back um, as a means to like try to sneak him too. So I don't know, maybe, maybe take them both and see who pans out most. This will be a nice little footnote, something to visit later on Jack. Mm-hmm. So I can see you know, brag right. about this when, when Ramondre is an RB one and Damien Harris is uh, picking up trash on the street or something. I don't know. You're probably, um, you're probably right. <laughs> Let's hear your second sleeper. So then the second sleeper uh, for, again, auction draft. So in this case, uh, drafted by the Detroit Lions with the 13th pick in the 2022 draft, Jamison Williams. Uh, He has an ACL, 
but he is like, I know a lot of guys were taking pickens or they're taking Olave or they're taking sky Moore, which I think is really smart to be able to grab those guys late and see if you can find a Jamar chase. Don't sleep on Jamison Williams. Both of the guys I mentioned, you can grab them, put them on the IR and then go get somebody else. And you've got two extra players that are viable that may actually score points in your lineup as they get healthy and come on board. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the most electric players to watch in all of college football last year. Yes, I mean, his straight line speed. I know that there's a lot of insanely fast guys in the league, but his straight line speed is, is different. Even I I hope that he's fully recovered from the ACL and, if as long as he doesn't have any complications from that and he comes back fully healthy, which it sounds like the Lions are going to take every precaution necessary, he is he is electric. All right, guys, we are going to get out of here soon. But first, I want to talk a little bit of sports betting. Jack, I don't know what the ways that you like to bet on the NFL are. We will get into that. But I just... I've been doing this for, I think, two years, not a very long time, but sports betting is, is feels like it's becoming more of the norm. And if we're just being honest here, betting on the NFL, really, really hard, really hard. So there are a couple of things that I have started to kind of look for because nothing is predictable in the world of, of betting on the NFL, but three things that I kind of want to talk about. One is team totals. I think when you're betting things like totals as far as two teams trying to combine for a certain amount, that can be very unpredictable. Now, team totals can be unpredictable as well, but when you look at that, you're only thinking about one team. You're only relying on one team. So in this case, you can look at bad offenses and you can take their under. You can look at good offenses. You can take their over. The second thing that I kind of wanted to talk about is there's very different, there, there's some differences in spreads. So when you see a spread that is six and a half points versus seven and a half points or seven points. That might look like a small thing, but when you think about it, think of how many games end within seven points, a touchdown or within three points, a field goal. So if you can get that number inside of three points at say a two and a half, so say a favorite would be minus two and a half. That's a much better number than trying to get that at minus three and a half because it's it's what they call the hook, which is you could end up getting kind of screwed at the end because a team could win by a field goal. And at that point, you're not covering your minus three and a half. So to keep an eye out on those small things within the spreads. And then my last thing is bad teams can be very, very valuable. The Lions last year, I think were one of the best teams in the league. I believe one of the top five teams against the spread. Now, the flip side of that is good teams also can be bad against the spreads. The Chiefs, a very good football team. But the beginning of the year last year, they were horrid against the spread because bookmakers know that people want to bet these good teams. So they're going to inflate those spreads a little bit more. So when you're looking at bets on Sunday, don't be afraid to bet some of these bad teams. I know that there's a lot of underdogs this weekend who, who I think are, are pretty interesting. So Jack, what are ways that you like to bet? Talk to me. Well, first of all, I wrote down everything you said, because I think good. You, perfect. Yeah. You have way more experience and knowledge. I, I tend to be a, 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 a money line prop guy. If I can find a money line on a team that I feel pretty confident is going to win the game, match that up with decent odds on some props 
that quite honestly, I will oftentimes get from the daily wager or some other pod that seem like they're almost no brainers, you know, honestly, and we're going to give a couple bets here in a minute. A lot of times it's like an over under on a 0.5 for interceptions. And that's when I do think it's useful to be able to go back, do some research and see how, you know, like Marcus Mariota, how many picks does he tend to throw per game and who are they playing against? And is that team a a, a team that picks the ball off quite a bit? You can, I think, again, it is a gamble. That's why they call it gambling. But I think what I have found recently is that the more research I do, the better I do, which maybe that's a no duh. But for me, that was uh, as a, a relatively new, you know, fan duel guy, uh, which is my choice. That's something I just started to do a lot more of. All you can do with betting is just try. Like the last thing that I like to do is doing something with my heart. So I try to stay away from betting on the Bears. I feel like the Bears might be a good team to bet on this year just because they're going to be underdogs. They're expected to be so bad by the national public that they're probably going to, in many cases, get one to two points more than than they should. But in general, I, I like what you said. It's it's putting in your research, knowing that you at least tried to do your homework and in some of these things, and then just accepting at that point that you've done all you can and and you go from there. So Jack, give me your first bet this weekend that you're looking at. Okay, so I'm not going to make many friends. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, it's a it's probably a good thing to preface this. We are not professional bettors. This no. is for fun. We're giving you what fun. we kind of like this week. So take it or leave it. You mentioned, I mean, the Bears are, are seven-point dogs at home. And so uh, I think that I would, in this instance, I would I would take the, the 49ers um, and I would go with uh, either – Justin Fields or Trey Lance, they're both 0.5 over under on interceptions. So if they throw an interception, right, then you win that part of the the player prop bet. You've got two teams that are going to ball hawk. I mean, I think the the Niners defense is rated as high as sixth in the league and their defensive backs have been talking all preseason about picking the ball off. So I think if you take, you know, you take the Niners uh, to, to win that game and you take, I guess, I don't know. Either either Fields or Trey Lance as young quarterbacks, there's a pretty good chance one of them is going to throw a pick. So whatever your heart tells you. But I'm going to take the Niners, and I'm probably going to take uh, the over on Fields throwing a pick. Ooh, that's that's not going to make a, a lot of listeners happy there, Jack, with you saying that. But money, I, money. I know it. I know. But I, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I hope I'm wrong. That's fair. Except I First want to gonna... so I hope I'm right. Yeah, that's yeah. I, was gonna say, <laughs> I think in this case, you hope you're right. That's the tough thing. You're almost like hedging against right. your heart. It's hard. Something I talked about just a few seconds ago, team totals. I'll keep this short. I like going under on the Seahawks team total this week against the Denver Broncos. Their team total is 19 and a half points. I know that sounds very low. It's very scary. But did anyone happen to watch the first team Seahawks offense against the Bears? It was, it was really bad. It was really bad. I do not believe Geno Smith as much of anything. Uh, I don't really believe in Rashad Penny. DK Metcalf, of course, can hurt you. But the Broncos have enough firepower on that defense that I do believe they're going to be able to hold them to 19 points or less. Jack, hit me with your second bet. Second bet is going to be the Ravens at the Jets. Um, the Ravens are minus seven. 
The Ravens have won in the last six years. They have won five of their six week one opening their, their week one games. Now, maybe it's a little bit ridiculous, but they're the one team in the league that seems to give two shits about the preseason. And for some reason that tends to carry over into the regular season and especially into week one. And I'm going to go to the well again. This is the Flacco revenge game, Logan. Flacco yes, versus the Ravens. And once again, um, you know, I, I'm going to definitely go with the, uh, you know, I think, I think either Flacco, um, actually, I'm going to go with Flacco on the over 0.5 for an interception. So I'm taking right. the Ravens on the road and I'm going over the 0.5 with the interception. Are you taking Ravens money line or the spread? I'm taking the spread. So I'm taking Ravens okay. in the spread and, okay. and I'm taking Flacco uh, to have an interception. That makes sense. There has been too much talk the last few weeks of, oh, Joe Flacco can, he can do good things for this offense. I'm like, what have we been watching the NFL for the past few years? Joe Flacco, right. he was, he was cooked like four years ago and, yes. and I don't believe in the rest of the Jets offense. So I definitely like that. My second bet, uh, I do believe I might be in agreement with probably a lot of bears fans out there on this one. And that is the Eagles minus four against the lions this week. A big thing for me, I think that there is some serious public momentum every year with whatever team is on hard knocks. And I truly believe that this is a game that probably should be Eagles minus six and a half, maybe minus seven. And you're probably getting a couple points from that. I also just truly do believe in the Eagles. I believe Jalen Hurts is going to take a leap this year. He added an alpha wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Devontae Smith, Heisman winner. I don't think he's really being talked about enough. And to have him as your number two and combine him with Dallas Goddard, I just I don't see how the Lions keep this within four points. So I'm going to go with Eagles minus four. So to recap that, Jack's two bets, he's got a couple of small parlays. The first one is 49ers money line plus a Justin Fields interception. And the second one is Ravens minus seven, along with a Flacco interception. I like both of those. My picks are Eagles minus four against the Lions and the Seattle Seahawks team total under 19 and a half points. Guys, let us know what you're betting this weekend to, you know, tweet at us. Let me know. I love talking, love talking betting. I love uh, trying to win money, but ultimately probably losing money. But we're all here to have a good time, aren't we? Well, that was a good time, Jack. And it's a, it's a little different for me just having two people, but a fun way to cover some fantasy stuff, some team betting. I, I couldn't be more excited to actually watch some real football this weekend. Everybody out there, thank you for listening. Again, as usual, we're going to get back to our post-game pod, so be out on the, the lookout for that this weekend. But for everybody on the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we, again, thank you for listening. And as always... Bear down, Chicago.